Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Awesome. How are you doing, Birmingham? You guys good? We say Birmingham. Do you say Birmingham or Birmingham? Black country. We're the black country here. We're not Birmingham. Get lost. Uh, Listen, it is a real honor to be here. It's my joy and privilege to come and bring God's Word to you here. All the way from New Zealand, we bring you greetings. Um, There are people that live there, and uh, we do have the internet. It's quite amazing. Uh, We um, bring you greetings from Elam in New Zealand, and it is uh, really our honor to be here as a family. I want to thank uh, Leon and Allison for having us. You You guys have amazing pastors. Do you know that? Can you give it up for your pastors? They're absolutely amazing. Genuine. Genuine, loving, uh, beautiful people. Uh, they've just welcomed us so well. We met them uh, for the, really for the first time last night and had a, shared a meal. And, and it's just uh, amazing people, generous hearts. And, uh, and our heart really being here uh, is to really just maybe if there's something we carry that we can bless you with, we want to be able to do that. And um, I want to introduce you to my family. So this is uh, on the screen here. You'll see it on the screens around the room. Uh, that's my wife, Bex. She's currently preaching where? Where is she? Rowley. She's in Rowley. She's getting rowdy in Rowley. And uh, she's, she's preaching over there. Uh, she's way better looking and a better preacher. So you guys got the wrong end of the deal. So you get to look to the skinny white boy. All right. And, and then this is, uh, this is our kids. They're here with us in the kids program. Uh, there's Judah on the left and Rocky, uh, the little cheeky one at the back there. And they are just absolutely the joy of our life. And uh, amazing, amazing kids having a great time. We're actually here on our sabbatical. So we've been, uh, I've been uh, on staff with Elam New Zealand uh, in our campus churches for 17 years. Uh, I started when I was 12. And um, a, some of you are like, no, you didn't, you're old. Uh, and uh, this is our sabbatical um, times. So we were just here with family. My wife, Bex, she was uh, born here in, in uh in Ascot, actually, in London, and uh, so we're here visiting family and um, just spending some time relaxing, enjoying each other and, and the family and connecting with God in a different way, getting out of church, and uh, where we go back um, into the church that we are in, we'll be taking over as the senior pastors of that church, which is a multi-campus church like this. We have six locations uh, and uh, four and a half thousand people meeting on Sundays in those different locations, so uh, she's a big animal, and, uh, and but God is doing something really cool in New Zealand, and so we're we're proud to be a part of it and pretty excited about that. And, uh, and this is also what's really cool. Um, so 40 minutes drive from here is a little place called Shropshire. Have you guys heard of Shropshire? It's not, it's, it's not um, what are we, uh, black, black country. We're not, it's not the black country. This is, this is where God lives. But down the road, there's a place called Shropshire where the pagans are. And, um, and, uh, but in Shropshire, uh, 150 years ago, uh, a man named William Green boarded a ship from England to New Zealand, and he came over as a missionary to the gold miners in South Otago in New Zealand, and he trained at Charles Spurgeon's Pastors College. So 150 years ago, my ancestor left these shores to go preach the gospel in my nation, and 150 years later, I come back to you, to these shores, 40 minutes away from where that all began to preach the gospel to you today. Isn't that cool? Isn't God amazing? I just think that's a cool, that's a cool thing. All right. Um, if you have a Bible, you can open up to the book of Acts. I do apologize if I speak fast and I talk funny, but so do you, right? You, in, you, <laughs> you have no idea. You invented the language. You need to get up to speed with it, all right, people? Um, it, is, it is data, not data. It's just going to clear that up for everybody. Um, 
Acts, the book of Acts, chapter number 14. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can open it up. If you've got a smartphone, you can find it on there as well. If you don't have either of those, it's okay. I'm going to read it to you here. It's Acts chapter 14, starting in verse number 8. It goes like this. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and he never walked. He listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking intently at him and seeing he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. I wanna preach today a message that I've titled, A Posture of Faith. And I wanna bring this message because what I wanna do today is to stir faith in you. I wanna stir faith in you personally, individually, but I wanna stir faith in you as a church. I wanna, I believe God has got more for your life than you're currently receiving. I believe there's a measure of God that you're yet to tap into. I believe God wants to bless His people, wants to pour out in your life. Every single day, God wants to mold you and shape you and grow you and bless you. And, and, and so I wanna encourage you from the story about this crippled man, how you can position your life with a posture of faith to receive from God in greater measure than you're currently receiving. Does that sound all right? You guys with me this morning? Listen, this is my second time preaching. I flew 25 hours to get here. You better be ready to like encourage me. Even if you hate what I'm saying, say amen. Whatever you wanna do, it uh, doesn't bother me just as long as you're making some noise, all right? Uh, did you know that, 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 there's this, that the way you posture yourself, the way you hold your body, it communicates something to other people. It's called body language. You guys have heard this, right? So, so here's one of the things. Scientists believe that when you sit next to somebody, the direction of your leg cross is important. It's significant. It means something. Don't move right now in Jesus' name. The Lord is watching you. You're in church. When you sit next to somebody, if you're on good terms with the person, your leg will cross towards that person and you'll be kind of open towards them. However, if there is some kind of issue, even subconsciously, you will put your leg up as a barrier between you and that other person. Now, I don't mean to point this out, but your pastor just changed his leg position. Now, now I know you did a marriage seminar yesterday. Perhaps go back and read the material. It might help you guys. You guys, you're, like, you're on the worship team together, but you're just like, I don't even want to sit next to you. You're both like away from each other. Pray for your worship team, people. The devil will get a foothold there and you'll, it'll, be, it'll be mayhem. I'll tell you what, you'll be singing secular songs before you know it. It's, 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 it's out of control. Um, so Paul, the, the apostle Paul is preaching in this place called Lystra. And as he's preaching, there's a crowd of people in the room. And I don't know how big the crowd was. It could be the same size as maybe a room like this. But as he's preaching, there's a crippled man in the room. He's never walked a day in his life. He's never been able to stand. He's never been able to get a job. He's never been able to have a family or get married. All kinds of opportunities have never been afforded to him. He's got all manner of dysfunction in his life. But Paul looks at him in amongst a crowd of people. And when he looks at him in the crowd of people, something about him gets Paul's attention. Something about, he's not standing, he's not jumping, he's not waving. But something about his posture and the way he's looking at Paul communicates to Paul, I've got faith today in the room. And it was faith to be made well. Something about that got Paul's attention. Can I tell you, I reckon God is looking for a people who are living their life with a posture of faith. I feel like that's going to get God's attention. If you're living your life with some kind of posture of faith, I think God's going to look at that. And you know, it's, it's what, what's really interesting to me is that I've been walking with Jesus for for nearly 20 years. I got saved and met Jesus when I was 18 years old. I didn't know nothing about nothing. Never been in church a day in my life. God showed up and radically transformed my life. I've never been the same since that moment. 
Throughout that journey though, there's something I've discovered. It's that God moves and God responds and God seems to interact, the Bible teaches us, in response to this thing called faith. And I don't understand everything about God or how He works and how He moves, but I do know the Bible teaches that without faith, Hebrews 11 says that it's impossible to please God. And God moving in my life is directly kind of related to this thing called faith. And I also know that after walking with Jesus for, for 20 years of being in church for a long time, is that sometimes faith can be this kind of intangible, unreachable thing. It's like something's going wrong in your life and people are like, well, just have more faith. And you're like, great. What does that mean? Like, what, is it, what does it look like? How do, I, how do I do that? How do I live with faith? How do I, how do I in a daily lifestyle kind of way, live a life of faith and with greater levels of faith to see God move in my life, just like this crippled man did? And so what I wanna do with you today, Life Central, is to make faith practical. I wanna give you some stuff that's gonna help you live a life with a greater measure of faith. Does that sound good? Do I need to remind you, 25 hours, two children. I expect more from you. I wanna to talk to you about a posture of faith and what a posture of faith looks like and how you can live with a posture of faith in your day to day. You ready, church? The first thought I have is this, a posture of faith is open, not closed. See, I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra. And, and when Paul's preaching in Lystra, I can't imagine he looks out and sees the crippled man sitting amongst the crowd. And when he sees the crippled man, I can't imagine he sees a man with his arms folded, his legs crossed, or he frown on his face. This is like the, the posture of most men in my church. And I can't imagine when Paul looks out and sees a guy like that, he looks out and goes, ooh, there's a guy who's got some faith. See, see a posture of faith is not closed off. A posture of faith is open. Apostle Faith is saying, God, if you're going to move and want to move in this moment, I'm open to receive what you have for my life. I was, uh, before I was a, bit, a grown up pastor, I was a youth pastor. And that's why I don't have any hair. It, it's just like, you, you can tell all the youth pastors in the room. It's just, it's thin. It's just, it's how we know. We can see each other and go, I know. And uh, when I was a youth pastor, I was in youth ministry for eight years. And, um, one of the things we, we went to as youth pastors, we went to this uh, youth pastors conference down in a place called Christchurch in New Zealand. And we're down there and uh, amongst all these different like youth pastors. And one thing we love to do, us Christians, we love to do this. We'll put a conference on and we'll jam pack it from day start to day end and then some with about 15 sessions a day plus electives and then like Q&A over lunch so you never get a break and it's just like information overload. If you've ever been to a Christian conference, you know what I'm talking about. Worship every single session. Like It's like, oh my gosh. So this was about day three of one of those types of conferences and I was so done. Like I was so overloaded on day three that I was just like, God, you can do whatever you wanna do but I ain't interested. I'm done. And so it was worship this one night and I was just standing in the middle of worship. I was like, God, I'm closed. The, the shop is closed. The book is shut. Do not come through. Like I'm, I'm just done. And so middle of worship, I'm just standing there going, I'm full. I'm good. I just want to go to bed. That's all I want to do. And in the middle of worship, God just like, the Spirit of God just starts breaking out in the room. So there's people crying and people worshiping, people getting touched by God, like amazing stuff's going on. And here's me like an idiot in the middle of it all, just sort of standing there watching everything go on. And I feel the, the, just the whisper of God, the, the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and just say, Steve, open up. 
I have something for you in this moment. Open up and receive what I've got. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm okay. Like, I'm just fine, and, and I'll be all right. But I just that, that nagging sort of voice of God just doesn't leave me. And I just say, open up, open up, open up. And so I just, you know, one hand in the pocket, one hand to Jesus, kind of, that kind of just start small, and then move to hold the TV, and how big was the fish? Just kind of different worship postures. You guys know what they are. And as I'm doing that, I just okay, God, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. So I'm like, okay, all right, God, what, whatever you want to do, I'm here. Like, speak to me, do whatever you want to do. I'm open now. And in that moment, I feel the conviction of God come upon me, and I, and I again feel the Holy Spirit say to me, Steve, you need to go confess your sins to somebody. And I'm like, no. That is a terrible idea. Of all the ideas that you might have, God, that is the worst. I'm not doing that. That's not happening. Like, I'm, I'm, I love Jesus, but I've got some junk in my life, right? So I'm not telling nobody. I'm just like, it's not happening. And so in the middle of the worship, for five minutes, I'm wrestling with God going, no, no. And like, it's not happening. And then the, the preacher gets up in the middle of worship and goes, I feel I have a word today. A word for somebody. The Bible says this that if we confess our sins to one another, he will heal us. I'm like, you need to stop talking. That's a that's not of God. You know, like I'm just I'm just not interested, but I can't fight it anymore. It's just I've opened up and God's like this convicted me to tell somebody, so I can't handle it anymore. So I look around the room for the least judgmental person I could find. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You're not going to go to the pastor when they say, you're like, who can I tell that's like me, like me? So I look around the room and I find a guy who's about my age and he has dreadlocks. Dreadlock here? Yeah, I'm like, he my man. I'm going to talk to him. So, so I, I, I just walk over to, he's worshiping Jesus. And so I just walk up to him and I don't even talk to him, don't introduce myself. I don't say anything. All I do is grab him by the shoulders. I turn him to face me and I say, brother, I have to tell you something. And that's all I say. And then I just start downloading every sin in my life, like just going for it. And so what, what was amazing was as I began to open my heart up and begin to be obedient to what God was saying, it was almost like in that moment of confession, like I got free from a whole bunch of stuff. God just started healing me. The Bible says, confess your sins to God and He will forgive you. Confess your sins to one another and be healed. It's an amazing thing. And so I'm getting healed and God's sending me free from a whole bunch of stuff. And I finish and I'm crying, like I'm wiping tears from my eyes. Like it's this massive moment. And I look up at the guy and he's just like stunned mullet, like looking at me. And this is no word of a lie. This is what he says. He goes, um, I don't speak English. I'm like, yeah! yes! Don't tell me God's not good. He's so good. He's so good. He did not understand one word I'd said for the last three minutes. It was just the most amazing moment of my life. I got on my knees and I thanked Jesus. And then I was like, you're like, man, it was most amazing. But listen, that's a funny story. But I got free, man, a whole bunch of stuff. God set me free and God healed me from a whole bunch of stuff that was going on in my life. But I had to be open. Can I encourage you, church? When you come here to this church, when you come to small group, when you go to the Bible, when you come into this room, come open. Open. Don't come closed off to go, you know, well, God, give me your best shot. No, no, no. Come saying, God, here I am. I'm ready. I want to receive from you. I want to hear from you. What is it you want to speak to me? I'm open here in this room. If you come open, you receive. If you, if you come closed, you'll receive everything you came for. Nothing. But when you come open, expectant for God to move in your life, you'll be amazed at what God will do in your life. Come with a posture of faith. It's open, not closed. Is that okay? Second thought is this, a posture of faith is engaged, not distracted. I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra. And when he looks out, he sees a crippled man. And I can't imagine when he looks at him, he sees a crippled man just sitting there with his iPhone out, scrolling his Instagram feed. I can't imagine he 
looks out and he sees someone just checking up on Facebook, checking in Life Church. Hashtag blessed. I can't imagine he's sitting there playing with the edges of his mat or looking out the window at what's going on around the place. And I can't imagine he's doing that and Paul looks out and sees a man like that and goes, hey, there's a guy who's got some faith. See, a posture of faith is not distracted. A posture of faith is engaged. Like I reckon when Paul looked out and saw this crippled man, he probably saw someone who was like maybe even a little bit Pentecostal. Maybe even Pentecostal. I reckon the guy was probably even giving Paul a few amens. He might go, yeah, Paul. If that's just what this Jesus, he can heal me, he can set me free. Like, amen, I, be, I believe if that's what you're saying, I want some of that. I believe that this guy was totally engaged with what Paul was talking about. He wasn't distracted by all the other things going on around him, what he was gonna have for lunch, or what was going on. In the world. He was like, if this moment is a me and God moment, I'm engaged in that moment. Here's what I've learned. After 20 years of walking with Jesus, I can be in a moment where God wants to move in my life and miss it because I'm distracted. And you can be in environments where God wants to show up in your life and God wants to speak to you and heal you and shape you, but you can miss the moment because you're distracted with everything else that's going on in your life. We, we run um, up to six services a Sunday to fit everyone into our church, just our campus. And normally we run five services. Once a month we do six. And it's chaos, man. It's like hectic. There's people coming in, people coming out. Our five-minute services, 25 minutes between them. Just churn them in, churn them out. It's just like chaos. Uh, God's doing amazing work there, but I sit in a lot of services. Like many of you, you sit in a lot of services. You've been, some of you have been in church since way before I was born. You've been in church every weekend of your life. You know the drill. And here's what I've learned is that when you sit in church a lot, often what can happen is that you can disengage because you've been here a lot. You've heard it a lot and you've seen it a lot and it's familiar to you and so you can disengage. I've learned that I can sit in five services in a row with a different preacher preaching and I'll get something different every single time that preacher preaches the same message. But I'll only get that when I'm engaged, not distracted. It's so tempting that in a moment you're like, oh, this bit's boring me a little bit, so I'm gonna switch off. No, 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 stay engaged. And here's something else. For those of you who've maybe been around for a little bit longer, Maybe you've been in church for a little bit longer. Maybe you've been doing this Christian thing for many, many years. Some of the older generation, and I didn't look at anyone when I said that. I looked at the roof, okay? I'm not pointing anybody out right now. You gotta be so careful, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. When you've been in church for a long time, you can start to believe that there's nothing new you haven't heard before. Like you've heard, you've heard the sermon on everything. You've heard the Bible preached every way from Sunday. So there's no... There's no new idea, there's no new sermon, there's nothing you've never heard before. And when you start to come into church with a mindset that says, there's nothing that I'm gonna hear that I haven't heard before, what you're dealing with, and hear my heart, I love you, and if you don't like me, I'm leaving in two days, so peace. <laughs> but what you're dealing with is a little thing the Bible calls pride. And what pride will do is it will disengage your heart and cause you to have a faithless posture. And so when you come, you won't receive anything because you've heard it all before. Listen, if God can speak through a donkey, God can speak through a skinny white boy from Auckland, New Zealand. Like just come and be engaged in that moment and receive what God's got for you. A posture of faith is engaged, not distracted. Number three, a posture of faith. A posture of faith leans in, not out. A posture of faith leans in, not out. See, I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra. And as he's preaching, he looks out in the crowd and he sees a crippled man. And as he sees the crippled man, I can't imagine he sees the dude just kind of kick back, just leaning out like, hey, Paul, 
at least I showed up to your meeting. Don't expect me to be a part of it. Don't expect me to say amen. Don't, listen, at least I did better than most people. I got to church this morning. Don't, but like, at least I'm in the building. Don't expect me to do anything about that, but at least I'm here. I'm just leaning. I can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a guy leaning out and goes, hey, there's a guy. Got some faith today. See, a posture of faith doesn't lean out. A posture of faith leans in. A posture of faith says, man, if God is moving in a moment, if God is doing something, I'm going to lean in to try and get as close as I can to that moment. It leans in. See, the Bible says that, um, that, that if we draw near to God, He draws near to us. Draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. God is the worst hide-and-seek player ever. You ever play hide-and-seek with a two-year-old? Say, like, bro, I can see you. Like you're hiding behind the curtain, and the curtain's short. I can see your feet, man. Do better. We're growing winners in my house. You've got to hide better than that. Like, if you choose to seek God, you just, like, I'm going to seek God, all right? Boom, there he is. Okay, I found you. Like, it's, he's the worst hide-and-seek player ever. You, see, you draw near to him. He draws near to you. And, and, and the, the, the danger in church is that we can come to church and just lean out in church. I think one of the great tragedies in a church is there only a front row that sings. Like, because what you've got is a whole bunch of people in a church that are in a church but not leaning in. See, I want to challenge you, if you're a follower of Jesus, nowhere in the Bible does it say, keep your mouth shut and lower your hands, all you people, before the Lord. I don't find that anywhere. I find that the Word says that we had to clap our hands, lift our voices, sing our praise, give a shout, lift our hands. Do it. That's what it means to lean in and worship in a moment, to come before God. Like, don't, don't come to a prayer meeting and be like, at least I showed up to the prayer meeting. Don't expect me to pray. You're leaning out. Leaning in says, man, I'm, I'm not just going to be in the prayer meeting. I'm going to be the prayer meeting. I'm not just going to show up to church and be in worship. I'm going to be the worship. I'm going to worship God with everything I've got. I'm going to lift my, listen, this is a challenge. I felt God stirring me in this, in this service. Was that Some of you, you've never sung and you've never lifted your hands in worship and you've been here for a long, long time. Stop leaning out. And say that with all the, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you're missing out on what God has for you. God wants to do more in your life than just have you attend and stand and be in a room. God wants to, if you lean in, you'll grab a hold of something. And God will do something in your life and he'll stir something. And faith will rise in you, trust me, because I've been there and I'm living it. I know what it is to live in that kind of posture. Friends, let's be a church. Let's be a people that choose to lean in, not lean out. There's a moment where Jesus is walking through a crowd and there's a woman with the issue of blood and she reaches, she pushes through, the Bible says she pushes through the crowd just to grab the edge of the hem of Jesus' garment. She didn't just stand there and go, you know, if Jesus wants to come by, he'll come by. She's like, I'm gonna lean into this moment and grab a hold of it. There's two blind guys on the side of the road and they hear that Jesus is going by and they're like, man, we haven't seen for a long, long time. And I've heard that this Jesus can heal us. And so they didn't stand on the side of the road and go, you know what, if he sees us, he'll come. If he wants to, he'll find us. They're like, they hear he's coming by, so they start shouting. They say, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. It's a messianic title. They know who he is. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Everyone around them says, be quiet. They're like, you be quiet. We're leaning in. We're going to get our miracle today. They start shouting all the louder until they get Jesus' attention. And then Jesus says, what do you want? Dude, they got, they got guide dogs and listen to Stevie Wonder. He, he's blind. Like, they know. Like, if anyone knows they're blind, Jesus knows they're blind. But yeah, he asked them why, because he wants them to lean in and grab a hold of what's going on. There's, there's some friends, they've got a paralytic buddy, and, and he can't walk, and so they carry on a mat to where Jesus is, and the house is so full, they can't get in. So they go on the roof, and they rip the roof tiles off, and they lower him in to get his miracle. And Jesus says, their faith has made him well. Friends, your leaning in in a moment could not just bring breakthrough for you, but can bring breakthrough for somebody else. There's a young guy who's in our church 
uh, he's now my next door neighbor. He lives like three doors down. And, and when, when uh, Pastor Leon said that, that Boyd was my next door neighbor, he is my literal next door neighbor. Like I can touch his house from my property. Uh, this young guy, his name is Jaron. And he lives a few doors down from me now. But a number of years ago, about 10, 12 years ago, he was in our church in a night service and he was sitting on the front row. And he was sitting there crying. And so I thought, look, the right response for a pastor right now was to go ask what's wrong. If you're wondering, pastors, that is the right response. So I went over to him and he's crying. I said, Jaron, what's wrong? And he said, Steve, do you think God could heal my hand? And I said, what's wrong with your hand? I'd known him for about four or five years, but I'd never known anything wrong with his hand. And, and he'd always kept his hand in his pocket. He never took it out. And I didn't realize that until that moment. And he took his hand out of his pocket and all over his hand was about eight or nine big, ugly warts all over his hand. And he, as a 15-year-old kid, he was so self-conscious. Like this is destroying him and, and just ruining it. He just was weeping and crying. He said, do you think God could heal my hand? And I said, Jaron, you know what my Bible says? That if we've got faith the size of a mustard seed, we can command a mountain to move into the ocean and it will go. But if you've got a little bit of faith and I've got a little bit of faith, maybe together, we might not have a mustard seed, but we've got something close. So let's pray. Let's believe that God could do something. Can I tell you, friends, the difference between you seeing a miracle and not is just your willingness to pray. That's all it is. That's the missing ingredient is you're willing to step out and be vulnerable and trust God in a moment to go, God, would you show up? So we begin to pray. We're saying, in the name of Jesus, we command you hand to come well. Warts disappear. Shrink. We're praying, praying, praying. And I've got my eyes closed. And I feel God just say to me, Steve, open your eyes. And I open my eyes. And in that moment, I'm watching. And, and, and as I open my eyes, I see these warts and they're shrinking before my eyes. And it's the most phenomenal crazy thing I've ever experienced in my life. It, when you see the supernatural power of God move, it will mess you up. It, like your brain is going, I don't understand, does not compute. Like it's just, it's a weird moment. But as we're standing there watching, I said, Jaron, open your eyes, look at your hand. And we both look at his hand and we're watching these big ugly warts shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. And they become little lumps on his hand and they stop shrinking. And I'm like, what? I want this to be done. And then I feel God say, now tell him to go home, exercise his faith for one week and I'll finish the miracle. So I said, Jaron, I don't know why, but God's wanting you to exercise your faith. Go home, believe Him for one week and pray and He will finish the miracle. He came back the following Sunday. His hand was completely clear. To that day, to this day, not one ward has ever shown up. God is here. Give God some praise. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But Jaron could have in that moment, God, if Steve sees me, if God wants to, He'll do it. But he chose in that moment to lean in. Some of you are waiting on the miracle because you're waiting on God to show up to you. He's here. Just lean in. Some of you, like when the prayer is offered at the end of the service, you're sitting there going, well, if they want to, they'll come to me. Or you, 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 you've, you've, you've become content with living with your dysfunction rather than leaning in to believe a God who could show up and do a miracle in your life. Stop limiting the power of God to other people. It's there for you too. I wanna encourage you to keep leaning in. My last thought is this. Maybe if the band can join me. A posture of faith looks for a beginning, not an end. Looks for a beginning, not an end. My wife... Um, loves musicals, and um, I don't. So that, that's, that's one of our little things. We need to come to your marriage seminar. It's gonna be, you're gonna be there for yourself, and we're gonna be there for us. It's gonna be great. She, loves, she particularly loves Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Any Andrew Lloyd Webber fans in the house? Yeah, we've got a support group after the service. It's gonna be in the foyer. We're gonna pray for deliverance. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna get free today. I believe it. Um, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like musicals. So, but anyway, I'm a good husband. So I heard that uh, 
the musical Cats was coming to Auckland. So I booked us tickets to go see the musical Cats. And uh, we went there, and I'll be honest with you, I hated every second, every minute of the whole thing. Now, it's not just that I don't like musicals, but Cats is weird. Like, it's weird. From, from the word go, I was just hoping and praying for the end. I'm like, this is creeping me out. I felt it was creepy. I felt nauseous. There's weird 70s synth keyboard going the whole way through, just weird undertones. This doesn't make me feel good. And then it ended, and I was like, thank you, Lord. And Beck said, that's intermission. I said, what's intermission? She said, halftime. Well, halftime, that's, that's amazing. So, uh, and, and it, it didn't, it, I just didn't like any of it. It was, it was distra- uh, and I was so distracted because I was just looking for the end. When's it going to finish? When's it going to finish? When's it going to finish? And, and it, listen, I don't know how you roll here in Birmingham, but in Auckland, where I'm from, as soon as you turn 10, you lose the right to dress up as a cat. I'm just saying. I like, I don't know how you guys roll around here in Blacktown. Um, that's in Australia. What are we? Black country. You're bigger than a black town. You're, you're black country, even more. Maybe there they do. It's weird. And they come near you and stuff. It's, it's very off-putting. And what I realized is when we got home, we had the, like, the, the brochure thing. And I looked through it and I was like, I didn't notice that didn't see that that's that's cool and then and then Bex played me some of the music I was like wow that song is amazing and there's a reason it's been going for so long and it's so well acclaimed because it is actually phenomenal but I missed all of it I didn't see any of that I I, there was I was literally looking at pictures of the stage set going wow this world class it's phenomenal like the singing the music it's and the, the makeup artistry, I was looking at the pictures going, that's amazing. I missed all of it because I spent the whole time looking for the end. I didn't see any of that stuff. And I can't imagine that Paul was preaching in Lystra and he looks out and he sees the crippled man. And when he sees the crippled man, I can't imagine he sees a guy who's checking his watch. Going, come on, Paul, wrap it up. It's 12.30, it's lunchtime. Sunday roast is cooking. When's it going to be done, Paul? When are we over? I've been here for a while now, Paul. When we, can, we, can we speed this along, Paul? Can we wrap it up? Like, I can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a guy who's looking for the end of his talk and goes, there's a guy who's got some faith today. See, see, apostle faith doesn't look for the end. Apostle faith looks for the beginning. Apostle faith comes to church and goes, no, it's not when are we done? When's the service over? It's when is, when is God going to start the thing He wants to start in me? When's God going to heal me and shape me and change me? What's the little thing or the big thing that God wants to deposit in my life that's going to start a new outlook? It's going to start a new vision. See, when, when you come to church, don't look for the end. Look for the beginning. Look for what God wants to start in you. When you go to the Word in the morning, and so many of us are guilty of this, we feel like, we have to read our Bible because that's the Christian thing to do. And so as we go to our Bible, we go, I've got 20 minutes to read my Bible. Uh, or if you're really spiritual, maybe 21 minutes to read my Bible. And, and, and what we do is we go, I've got my 21 minute thing. And, and so now I've got to like, am I done yet? Am I done yet? Am I done yet? Am I done? Oh, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. I'm done. What you've done is you've missed it. You've missed it because you're looking for the end. Don't look for the end. Look for the beginning. 
Go into the Word, not looking for the end, but going, God, what is it you want to start in me? What's that Word you want to deposit in my heart? What's that new life you want to bring to me? What's that thing you want to correct in me and shape in me and renew in me? What's that new vision, that new dream? What's that Word you want to deposit into my spirit that's going to grow me and flourish me and cause life to come to me? What's that thing you want to cut out of my life that the Word is so good at doing? See, this when you go to the Word, don't look for the end, look for the beginning. God wants to start something in you. Every time you go to the Word, God wants to start something. He wants to bring new life and new vision and new hope, new direction, correction. He wants to bring rebuke. It's what He does. He wants to make you whole and full of life. When you come to church, don't look for the end. Look for the beginning. When you go to your small group, don't look for the end. Look for the beginning. When you go to God in prayer, don't look for the end. Look for the beginning. When you look for the beginning, man, God will do stuff every single time you go. It may be big, it may be small, but God will start something in you. God will begin something in you that will grow into something amazing. Posture of faith. I want to challenge you, life central, to both individually and corporately begin to live your life with a posture of faith. Come open, not close off. Be engaged. Don't be distracted and what's going on around you. Look for that beginning. Look for what God wants to start in your life. Don't look for the end of it. Live with a posture of faith. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you'll start to see God move in your life in greater ways than you've ever seen before. You'll hear the voice of God. You'll hear Him speak to you through His Word more than you ever have in your life. Some of you, you're leaning out in in your faith right now simply by not being involved. Like there's worship and there's prayer meetings, but some of you, you, every one of you carries a gift of God. Every one of you carries something of God in you and you're here in this church because God wants you here to make a difference. You're not here to take up space. You're not just consuming oxygen. You're here because there is a purpose for you in this body. And so discover what that is and use it. That's called leaning in with your gift. Don't just lean out in that moment, watch everyone else do the work, watch everyone else serve and play. Some of these musicians in this house that have never even stepped up because you just, right, they've got it sorted. No, they don't. Lean in. Some of you are gifted financially. To, you literally sneeze and 100 pounds comes out. It's like a gift of God for you. And right now you're just sitting on that. Don't sit on it, lean in with it. Offer it to God. Do something with it that's going to further the kingdom. You finance the kingdom of God to advance in this world. We need people like you to, do, to, to fulfill the vision that God has given this church. Lean in with the gifts. Don't lean out with them. The, the 9th didn't get that. Be blessed. The, the crippled man, I don't, know, um, I don't know how he got there that day. Like, I don't know how he got in the room. But I do know that he left very different. Like when he left that room, he could not only walk, but he could also get a job. He'd never been able to do that before. He could also find a wife and get married, have a family, never could do that before. He could now find a meaningful place in society, never could do that before. He could now go preach a gospel and go take that to the world, never could do that before. It's a whole new life that was opened up to this man that he'd never experienced before. I don't know how he got there. Maybe he heard that Paul was coming, so he was like, I just got to get there. And Maybe he crawled his way to the room. Maybe he dragged himself. He's like, I don't know. My life is such a mess and I'm so broken that all I can do is just drag myself to that place. 
Maybe he had friends that were like, you know what? We know you can't get yourself there, but we can get you there. We're going to take you. Maybe someone else carried him. Can I say, friends, I don't know how you got here today to this room. I don't know what brought you to the church today. Maybe you were sitting at home and you were so broken and so empty and so lost and feeling so dysfunctional that you were just like, man, I just got to get to church. I just got to get to that place that Jesus is. I got I to get there. And, and, and maybe you had to like drag yourself kicking and screaming to church. Maybe that was like the condition of your life, everything, and you was going, no, stay in my dysfunction, stay in my brokenness. And you were like, I just got to get there. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I'm just going to get there. Maybe someone carried you here today. Maybe someone knew that you couldn't get here on your own, but they knew if they could get you here, maybe you could find the hope that you need. Maybe you could find the healing that you need. See, I don't know how you got here, but I do know you can leave very different. I do know that you can leave whole and restored and forgiven and free and full of new life. Because the truth is, friends, there's a God in heaven who loves you very, very much. In fact, He loves you more than you'll ever understand. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. We all are broken people. We all mess up, myself included. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. You and I were made to be in relationship with Him. That's the longing in your heart. That's the thing where it's like, I'm empty, I'm not finished. That's the finished part when you are reconciled to Him. And our sin, it creates a divide. But God in His amazing grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself all that you and I were due for our sin. And He extends to every one of us here in this room today, not judgment for it, not condemnation for it. He extends to you His free gift of grace forgiveness for every wrong every sin every guilt every shame forgiven he removes it the Bible says as far as the east is from the west he gives you a brand new life that begins right here right now it's called being born again by the Spirit of God God gets in on the inside of you and makes you a new person from the inside out if you could fix yourself you would have fixed yourself by now but you can't only God can do that let him in on the inside and he'll make you new from the inside out You get to walk into the great plans that God's got for your life. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. God has a hope and a future for you. And God wants to use you to transform this world. He's got a future for you. And you get this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life is not the end of the story. You and I know that something inside of us screams for eternity. God placed it there. God has made you for eternity. There's a much bigger picture that God is painting. And He's preparing a place for you. And you can receive that as a free gift through Jesus. So if you're here today in this room and you've never made a decision to follow Him, you've never received forgiveness for your sins, you've never had that new life that Jesus brings to you, you've never started a relationship with Him, I would love to invite you to begin that journey today. Or maybe today in this room you are here and you you know church, like you've been in church 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. You've been in church your whole life. The day you were born, you've never missed a Sunday. You've been in church more than anybody. You were around when Noah built the ark. You you know the drill. But if you're honest in this moment, you'd say, Steve, my heart is actually very far from God. I'm in church. I'm doing the thing. I know the instructions. I know the hand signals. I know how to do everything. But the honest truth is your heart is far from God. You're not right with Him. You look like you are, but you're not. And I would love to also lead you in a simple prayer to get right with God. He's got so much more for you than religiosity. He's got so much more for you than just pretending and playing church. He's got life for you. It's dead. When you play church and you're not right on the inside, it's dead. 
God's got life for you. Can I invite everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? If that's you this morning, you're either one of those two groups of people, you've never met Jesus before, you've never made this decision, or maybe you're honest and say, Steve, I, I know Him, I've been here, but I, I'm far from Him now, I'm not right with Him. I need to get right with God today. I wanna to invite you to pray a very simple prayer along with me. I'm gonna pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to do that. You, you can pray it with me in your heart. You follow along with me as I pray it out loud, you pray it in your heart. But when you pray it in your heart, you better mean it with everything you've got because this is your prayer, not mine. I'm just leading you in it. That's you today. You just pray along with me right now. Say this. Say, God, today, this day, and this moment, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned, and I know I've messed up, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn away from my old life and I turn to you I ask you to forgive me of all of my wrongs and I place you as the Lord of my life I choose from this day and this moment to live for you and I ask you to make me brand new in Jesus name just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed if you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it, you're serious about it, I, I wanna tell you, I'm so proud of you. I believe this is the most wonderful and phenomenal life-changing decision you could ever make in your life. God loves you and He's so proud of you. And what I wanna do is I wanna invite you to take one more little step of faith. And, and it's gonna need you to be bold and be brave. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I want you to be really brave right where you're sitting and I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now I'm not doing that because I'm going to embarrass you or call you out or stand you up. All I will do is I will see your hand, I'll acknowledge you and you can put it straight back down. This is your little step of faith. Are you ready church? On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high. Awesome. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Okay, keep them up nice and high real quick. Awesome. So many hands. Okay, can I ask you to do something? If you are making this decision for the very first time, can you keep your hand up nice and high? If you're recommitting your life, you can put it back down. But if you're making this decision for the very, very first time, I want you to keep your hand up real nice and high. I'm so proud of you. I want to pray for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Many hands around the room. Here's what, while no one's looking around with those hands up, just some of our team are going to put something in your hand. If you've got your hand up real high right now, we just want to bless you with something. We want to help you. They're just going to pop it in your hands. And when they do, you can put your hands straight back down. Awesome. Amazing. All right. Let me pray for the, all of those people that lifted their hands. God, I thank you for every single person who just said yes to you, Lord. I thank you those who have said yes for the very first time. But I also honor you for those who have recommitted their lives to you. I thank you that you are the great I am. You are, Lord, who you say you are. And your grace is for everybody. And so, Lord, I bless all those who responded. I pray your blessing on them. May they know the life that you bring. May they know the full, 
free and abundant life that you bring, Jesus. I honour you for them. And I thank you that right now there is a party in heaven as lost people have come back to you. We bless them now and we rejoice with heaven this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all those people who just said yes to Jesus. And come on, church, can we stand to our feet? We're going to give God some praise. Let's stand up.